podcast as we preview the 2019 NRL season. Troy Dodds with you. Nathan Taylor is here as well. Hi, Nathan. G'day, boss. Well, of course, the, uh, the season is finally here after the NRL's uh, so-called off-season from hell. Mm. Uh, the footy starts, of course, this weekend, and for the Panthers, it's a, a big game against the Eels on Sunday. That's right. It's been six long months before we saw Penrith last when they, they lost to Cronulla by a point there at uh, Allianz Stadium, but I'm um, very much looking forward to, to seeing the boys go around again this Sunday. Absolutely. Well, today's podcast brought to you by the Penrith CBD Festival, which of course is on this Saturday. Uh, that is the 16th of March on from 9am to 3pm. Free entertainment, kids activities, street parade, local shopping, cafes, food trucks for uh, all of the community. That's the Penrith CBD Festival. You can go to that and then head to the uh, footy on Sunday, of course, which uh, as we mentioned is at Panthers Stadium, uh, expecting hopefully a sellout crowd there on Sunday afternoon. All right, well, let's get into previewing the season. And we can't preview the season, Nathan, without uh, the negative stuff, unfortunately, which mm. dominated the last couple of weeks of the preseason. Um, as we know, Tyrone May facing uh, pretty significant charges uh, going through the court process at the moment. He'll be back in court in May. Um, of course, over this uh, this sex tape scandal that emerged uh, the back end of the year, hard to believe that it all uh, that it all unfolded. Uh, what is your take on it, and how uh, it will affect the Panthers as we head into the season? Yeah, look, it was very unfortunate, not only because of the, what happened and what occurred, but obviously the timing isn't so great either. It just happened before the the final trial against the Eels, and you could tell. You know, I'm not sure if that played a part in the 20 to nil loss, but I'm sure it, it wasn't ideal to to come out before then. But so uh, yeah, obviously not a not a great thing to happen for the Panthers. We heard Gus um, speak yesterday on his podcast that you know he had a feeling that something like this was was coming, or that there was something going on in his club that he, he didn't sit right with him. Um, that, that's not as a Panthers fan, that's not what you want to hear um, heading into a season, and you just worry how much this is going to affect them come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and I guess through the, the, the start of the season as well, uh, Gus was saying, of course, that everything was going pretty well as far as the, uh, the preparations are concerned. I guess the big question is, um, you know, it's not so much about Tyrone May not being there. Tyrone May may not have even been in the, in the first grade squad on, um, on mm-hmm. Sunday. It's more how the, uh, the rest of the squad obviously reacts to, uh, to the drama and, and the possibility, which we still can't deny, that, that there's more videos that, that could be released. Well, that's right. There's a possibility that there's, there's more of these tapes out there implicating some other players, perhaps some high profile players too. And there's no doubt that many of that playing group would be fairly nervous right now that at any moment someone could post another video online. So that's definitely going to be at the back of their heads. But hopefully, you know, what's done is done and there's nothing else out there or nothing else gets released and the Panthers can get on with their season. Well, what about rugby league in general? We saw, of course, the, uh, the no-fault stand-down um, introduced over the off-season, which Tyrone May was eventually, uh, that was applied to him, um, as well as Jack DeBellin and, uh, from the Dragons and Dylan Walker from Manly. Um, I guess now um, there was some, some negative reaction to that, including from me. I, I thought that, and I still think probably deep down, that the NRL sort of you know, deciding it's the, it's the arbitrator of guilt mm. or, or innocence, even though it, it wants to keep saying, you know, we're not, you know, it is a no-fault stand-down and they keep focusing on those words. But anyway, forgetting all of that, the the reality is, I guess, for Todd Greenberg and Peter Beattie, they needed to do something. And um, I guess most people are accepting of that, that, uh, that this can't continue. And it's continued probably for too long, all of the, um, the off-field dramas. 
Oh yeah, it was a terrible, terrible off season for for bad behaviour, and even as a as a fan, a journalist, I just don't, I'm not even excited, you know, for the season. I mean, that might change come tonight when the two teams roll around, or Sunday when we're at Penrith Stadium. But at the moment, like, it actually got to me, and I'm, I'm the less PC person out there. But even I just even felt funny about the whole thing. There was just far too many incidents, and the NRL had no choice but to to come down hard. And I just hope that it. It, it changes things, but, you know, it, it might not. These players, sometimes you don't know what goes through their heads and they do silly things and they don't realise the repercussions later on. Uh, I just hope that, you know, maybe they've learnt their lesson this time, but who knows? I actually think that they may have um, learnt their lesson this time around. I think that there is something different about this and it is that this isn't the Daily Telegraph with a long lens at a, at a hotel um, where everyone can debate whether the Telegraph should have mm. been there or not been there. This isn't something that's, you know, broken on, on Nine News that's a bit, you know, ridiculous like when we... We had the um, the drama with the the nudie run at, at Panthers last year, where mm. where the mainstream media can just be blamed for, I guess you know, as, as the myth exists that the rugby league media is all negative, negative, negative. It's not true, but that's the the myth and the perception. This was all caused by the players themselves. Mm. There was there was nothing in that. This all got distributed through social media and WhatsApp groups and all of that sort of stuff. The mainstream media were the last people to the party on this, so hopefully the players have now realised that. Well, you know what we. You know, this isn't just about the media hounding us. We, we've caused this one, and yeah. they might feel a deeper responsibility now. I certainly think the Penrith players would have learnt from this. That, you know, they've been embarrassed quite a lot the last couple of weeks. You see the social media, you see comments on even our Facebook mm. page. Whenever we put a Panthers story up, it's it's pretty negative about them, and people are trying to make a jokes which which aren't funny. But um, yeah, I, I think they may have learnt something. But whether other clubs who haven't really been involved yet, you know, learn something from it, we'll have to see. I wrote this week, and I think I, I stand by that the squad do owe everyone who has an investment in Penrith something, and that's uh, and, and that's a bit of redemption as far as um, themselves are concerned. And I think hopefully they take that into um, into the game on uh, on the weekend. Uh, James Maloney, of course, uh, in the Panthers leadership group, there's a cast of thousands uh, leading yes. the Panthers out. There's, there's, I don't think the tunnel's wide enough <laughs> to be able to, for all these players to lead them out. He's part of the leadership group. He had a few words to say on this whole no fault stand down and, and all of that situation. Um, James is obviously a, a, you know one of the, the senior figures at the club, um, but I think what sometimes the players are missing here, and we went back to, to last year when they all wanted to be, what was it, owners of the game, partners of the game, yeah. and all of this, and they deserved more. Well, the players have just proved that they don't deserve anything at the moment until um, until we fix all this drama up. Well, that's right. Yeah, I asked James the question, should Tyrone maybe playing you know during this period while he's you know um, going through this court process? And, and there was meant to be a... a, a a trial or a, or a hearing today with Jack DeBellin um, regarding that that new rule um, because it wasn't in the their contracts that the NRL can, can just change rules at, at whenever they mm. felt like it. So the RLPA was was going to do something about that, but um, that obviously has been pushed back to now um, later on this year. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I'm sure if a Penrith player wasn't involved, I would feel a lot differently. <laughs> but I've got that. I'm, I'm very. Um, biased in that sort of way, but um, yeah, people need to learn a lesson if it's standing them down for for whatever for whatever reason because they've done something terrible to the game. Then so so be it. All right. Well, we'll leave that uh, where it is. That's uh, the negative side of uh, things over this uh, last few weeks of the preseason. Tyrone may not there. 
Um, he'll face court again in May, and this scandal will probably hang around a little bit, I would think, until uh, the Panthers start stringing some wins together, and then we'll we'll mm. focus on the field or a forward pass or a referee doing something, or you know there'll be some other drama that we can uh, we can focus on. Um, all right, let's talk one of the other big stories, of course, of the off season, and that was Ivan Cleary returning to the Panthers as the uh, the weekender revealed first um, on the pretty much the day that Anthony Griffin gets got sacked that the Panthers had launched what was I guess an audacious bid to uh, to get Ivan Cleary from the Tigers to Penrith. Now, um, if, if if anything in rugby league can happen, um, I don't know if anyone thought this would ever happen, <laughs> but he is back. He's um, he's the man in charge, and the last time we had a father-son um, coaching combination, was, uh, there was a premiership, so That's who right. knows what could happen. But what do you make of Ivan's return, and, and is there a lot of pressure on him this year, or is that a little bit of a myth? Um, you know, Do you think that the pressure's on? I think the pressure is definitely on. I mean, I think the fan base expects results this year. They've seen their side, you know, fall out in the second week of the finals three years in a row now. Uh, I think fans want a top four finish at best. Um, they also want a, a prelim, preliminary final appearance or a possible grand final appearance. Uh, Ivan's inherited this squad, but a lot of these players, you know, he brought through the grade when he was last here um, a few years ago. So it's not like Ivan doesn't know these players very well. He knows them all. He knows James Malone. He's coached him before. He knows his son. He knows he knows many of the others. So it's not it's not a new side to him. And I think the pressure is on. We, we want results as fans. He, of course, won the Dalian Coach of the Year in 2014 when he was here. He uh, took Penrith to uh, the finals in 2014. But his win percentage is 47%. And one thing about Ivan Cleary, and I, I don't think you know we're speaking out of school in saying mm. this, is that... His results have not always matched the reputation. This is a big chance for Ivan Cleary to to make sure that they do. And that's partly because he's been given rebuilding tasks at almost every club. But this is his chance now to say, well, yeah, I I do deserve to be considered among the, the top echelon of coaches in the NRL. Well, that's right, and you're right. The record he has, you know, we can't really look at it too closely because, yeah, every team he's gone to has been rebuilding. The Tigers, the Warriors in the early days, Penrith, obviously, for the first two or three years, were rebuilding clubs. But, um, yeah, from from more reports and from the, some of the players I've spoken to, they all love having Ivan back. Um, they all remember the, the day that he told them they were going to debut, and they're very excited to be playing under him again, including Tim Grant, who's, who's, who's obviously followed Ivan around the last few years and had a check in history with him but he's also excited to be back under Ivan again and I think I think um yeah it's good that all the playing players are coming together now and that they're really going to be playing for this coach it's um it's funny rugby league you know this was the biggest story in the game for a few weeks there and and whatnot then the day that Penrith um announced the sign of Ivan Cleary the Daily Telegraph the, the rugby league bible you could call it didn't even cover it <laughs> yeah. um that that day that he actually officially signed and it's almost it feels like an age ago that all of this happened i don't even know if the angst is there from the tigers anymore i mean you you might know from social media and mm. whatnot but um i think once you know michael mcguire's a great coach for the tigers i don't even know if his round five match which is uh <laughs> you know panthers tigers is, is actually going to be the the grudge match that we think. I mean, we, we move on pretty quickly in the NRL. Yeah, we do. I still think that match is going to be pretty high profile, though. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, you'll get a lot of build up. No doubt. There'll be definitely a lot of build up. Look, there are some some still some salty Tigers fans on Twitter and that. I'm sure they'll they'll lay the boot in this weekend if Penrith lose and the Tigers win. They'll be saying, you know, we got the the better coach out of the two. But look, you know, everyone's happy. Everyone got what they wanted, and uh, I think hopefully, you know, both clubs have have good seasons. And what happened, you know, six months ago is is in the past and everyone can and move on and enjoy some footy. 
All right, let's move on to the players and, of course, the key players this year. Um, not a lot of new signings, um, although uh, two of Penrith's new recruits are on the uh, the bench this weekend. So um, the, the couple of the new recruits did uh, manage to make uh, their way there, of course. Yep. Um, Tyrell, now, you know, you, you've interviewed him. You should know his surname properly. Let's get the official pronunciation. Tyrell Fuyamono? Okay. Something like that. I'll, I'll wait for Rabs to get the proper pronunciation on Sunday if he's calling the Sunday. game. He'll be waiting for a grand final day for Rabs to call the game this year on, on But I'm Line. sure he has it down pat at the moment. He's probably yeah, practicing in his house yeah. in Castle Hill. And Hame uh, Sele. Hame Sele, I yeah, believe from, that's uh, it. From it's, the Dragons. Um, well, they'll be household names by... Um, they should. and uh, they've uh, had Scott, Scott McRae on Sunday might have to actually... <laughs> I mean, we're not going to go very... Very well at saying the last name if we're still doing that at Panther Stadium this year. Where Scott oh, yes, where they say, you know, Josh, Mansour. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. So. Okay, look, um, yeah, two good recruits that we've got in the off-season. Obviously, we lost some some talent there in Trent Marin and, and Tyrone Peachy and a couple of others that, that have left us. You know, so we've lost some experience there. But these guys, you know, they're, they're probably on cheap deals, but they can do the job. Tyrell, for instance, he, he's a Penrith boy, born here, um, played uh, a lot of his junior football with some local clubs around here, then went to Parramatta to play some um, SG ball and, and all that sort of thing. And now he's found his way back to Penrith after debuting at South um, a couple of years ago. And Hame Sally from the Dragons, look, he, he's, he had an outstanding preseason and also a very um, strong couple of trials as well. So it'd be good to see some new faces. We needed some, some fresh blood and um, yeah, these guys have definitely brought that. All right, well, let's uh, both pick uh, two players that uh, you think are critical to uh, Penrith's success this season. Now, I'm, uh, I'm going to go first, so you don't mm-hmm. get to steal mine. <laughs> uh, my two are not uh, necessarily who you might think in terms of you know the Clearies and the Edwardses of the world. I think the two players that, that Penrith need to, uh, and they're great players already, but to have real breakout seasons. Um, I'm going to start with Wunga Blake. I think that he was, uh, he was extremely dangerous last year. We know what Wunga can do come a long way from when he was uh, is out on the wing and I think that um, Penrith fans were ready to get the fishing hook out and, and get him mm. off the field because he was he was struggling when he went back to the wing he's a natural at centre and um, and look um, the guy out there is, is with him is um, on that on that left side Billy Army Kikau who of course is away for uh, for a few weeks after suffering that injury in the first trial against South but he, he is just ready to explode this year. And I think that if Penrith are to do something this year, if Penrith are to be there in, in late September and early October, it will be on the back of Viliami Kikau having that breakout season that, um, that, we, that we think he's on the verge of. And it'll be on the back of Wunga Blake, I think, scoring maybe more tries than anyone in the competition. I, I think those two players really need to shine for Penrith outside, of course, of the spine. But uh, they're my two players to watch in 2019. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to go quite safe here. I'm going to go with some of the guys from the spine. Dylan Edwards, of course, didn't play much last year, you know, with the shoulder injury he got back in April. Um, expecting big things from him. He had a battle during the off-season. Who was going to be the fullback, him or Dallin? Uh, Dylan Edwards has got the got the jump on him because Dallin obviously had a pretty rough off-season with surgery. Uh, it'll be good to see him sort of grow in that role now, actually have a full season uh, with the spine. So I think all eyes will be on Dylan Edwards to have a, a massive year. And also Nathan Cleary, uh, his third third, fourth season in the Mm. top grade now. Um, Had a very patchy 2018, obviously made Origin, but he had an injury at the start of the year, so he missed a couple of months with that. And then after Origin, he he probably wasn't at his his best, the Nathan Cleary that we know. So I think it'll be good to see him settle in a bit more this year and and grow from, from his experiences over the last couple of years. And I think those two are definitely keys for Penrith. All right, plenty of uh, key players. I was just looking at the uh, the season guide here that's uh, that's put out oh, yes. every every year, and I think it was just interesting to look at some of the stats because we have lost some players. You know, Trent Merrin and um, and Tyrone Peachy mm-hmm. being the key players, but you look through most of the stats, 
of the key players last year, you know, um, and the key stats, effective tackles. James Fisher-Harris topped that with with Isaiah Yo and, and James Tamau. All three still there um, through this year. Average tackles, obviously Peter Wallace, that stat's going to, he was he was hooker for most of the year before he retired, but but beyond him, James Fisher-Harris and Isaiah Yo. Metres per game was Dylan Edwards and Watinza Lesniak and Mansour. Average runs, Mansour. Try assists, Maloney, Cleary. Um, you know, apart from line breaks, which which Tyrone Peachy did dominate, um, but Viliami Kikau wasn't far behind, um, you know, most of the players are still there. The key players are still there. So I think that, the fact that we haven't recruited well um, in terms of mm. you know new recruits, I don't think is a big issue. I think that this team being together um, and having been together the last couple of years will mean more than any any new recruits coming through. Oh look, look, Tyrone Peachy was a massive loss. You know he, he's going to do hopefully really well for the Titans. He's a, he's a good guy, and you know he was a great X factor for us. But you're right, the, the Panthers and, and Gus Gould, they don't get rid of players that they you know want to keep and and you know obviously that they got rid of a few there towards the back end including Trent Merrin who, who probably had a very light last season in the NRL and and you look yeah they definitely kept the players they needed to keep and um yeah hopefully those players that appeared in those stats last year are going to be uh even better this year and yeah I definitely agree with you there all right, well, let's have a look at uh, some of the key matches for the year. I mean, they're all key matches, but uh, the five games you can't miss mm. in um, in 2019 um, at home. So we want to we want to focus on the home games. Um, of course, you should be travelling everywhere to see the Panthers, but um, but you're mainly going to see them in Penrith. Look, without doubt, this weekend um, is a big one. Panthers Eels. It looks like it has now become a permanent fixture on the NRL's calendar, and this was the NRL almost admitting. Um, defeat to, to the to the house of criticism when they only scheduled one Penrith Parramatta game. The other game, one was in Darwin, uh, I think. Two years ago in Darwin, which yeah. is ridiculous. And I mean, that just, that's right up there with some of the NRL's Best brilliant work. decision-making. <laughs> um, but now they've got this fixture that, that seems pretty permanent. Uh, Penrith Parra, round one, sold out last year, hopefully sold out again on Sunday. Big game. Absolutely big game. I was speaking with the club earlier this week, and, and they are closing in on a sellout. They should announce in the next uh, day or two that there are only a few tickets available. So definitely head along to that one if you haven't got your ticket already. Also, yeah, last year was a fantastic match. Who can forget? Parramatta up 14-0 pretty early on, and then Penrith came back and and, and pretty much ended Parramatta's season mm. in the first game. They, they certainly embarrassed them after Parramatta got such to a hot start. So, uh, yeah, hopefully... Uh, Penrith are in control a little bit earlier this this uh, this Sunday, and um, you know can seal the win um, for the for the first opening game of the year. Eels Panthers Sunday March seventeen at four o five p.m. at Panthers Stadium. Uh, now the second match to watch is this one that we talked about earlier. I think I said round five, but it's round four. Panthers against the Tigers. It's Friday night football on April five. 7.50pm or thereabouts in NRL world. <laughs> um, and, and this, of course, is the grudge match. Panthers-Tigers, um, Ivan Cleary up against his, uh, his former mm. club that, um, that apparently hate him, um, even though they've got <laughs> you know, premiership-winning coach now in Michael Maguire. Um, forget that, I mean, on the field, I don't think this is going to get talked about. Dad Ivan will even mention it to the playing group during the week, but it is going to be the, the media story of the week. Oh, look, both sides are going to want want the chocolates in this one absolutely look uh, you know in the previous years it's always been Ivan up against Nathan and now they've joined forces and going up against Ivan's old club it will be interesting to see uh to see what plays out in that game I think Penrith definitely have the better and stronger side out of the two and and they're obviously going to be at home so you'd favor Penrith in that match but um you know the Tigers will have a point to prove to their uh to their old coach as well for, for leaving for leaving them behind but um yeah that is going to be an absolute mouth-watering clash and probably definitely one one of the best games of the year you'd think we go to round 13, and by this time, we'll have a bit of an idea of um, where we're headed. But look, this is Panthers-Roosters. 
uh, on Sunday, the 9th of June at 4 o'clock, and it is um, a public holiday on the Monday, so it's almost like it's a, a Friday or Saturday night game, mm. uh, this one. But Panthers, Roosters, the Roosters, the defending champs, the premiership favourites. Uh, and, of course, there's always this little rivalry with Penrith and the Roosters that dates way back to the whole Gus and Brad Fittler thing, but then, of course, the 2003 Premiership. Always something big about a Panthers-Roosters clash. Absolutely, and, you know, the Roosters have had the wood on the Panthers, you know, in the past, and I think last year they they put them through the cleaners, you know, down at Allianz Stadium there. It was a quite a big big defeat against Penrith. But, um, yeah, always a, always an exciting exciting clash between those two teams. Roosters are definitely going to be the benchmark for the year and we'll certainly get an idea of where Penrith sit um, against some of those top teams when they come up against the Roosters. So uh, hopefully Penrith can, can win that one because that'll mean they're definitely a team to beat themselves in 2019. Mm. But, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. And of course, uh, the away fixture there, Roosters Panthers, uh, the Panthers return to the Sydney Cricket Ground for the first time uh, since the 1980s. Uh, oh right, so, okay. Uh, that'll be late, late in on the, the year, season. Yeah. That is, if the Roosters are playing there by then. If uh, there's maybe, a field, Michael, to play. Da- Michael Daly, if uh, <laughs> if he wins the election next week, might have returned Allianz by then. So we'll um, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, the uh, the Panthers Dragons is the next one, uh, round 18. Friday the 19th of July at 7.50pm. A lot of Friday night uh, fixtures on Channel 9 games this year, but um, mm. even though they're free on TV, you want to get out and watch them. Uh, Panthers-Dragons will be a big one. The Dragons are interesting. A lot of people had them as, as real contenders for the Premiership. The Jack DeBellin thing has probably uh, railroaded that a little bit. But these are always big games as well, and one of the biggest games of last year, Panthers-Dragons. That's right. I remember it was just before, uh, I think it was the rep round or something mm. like that, and uh, Penrith and the Dragons were, were one and two at the time, and whoever won was going to be you know, at the top of the yes. table heading into rep round. And unfortunately, that was Penrith. And it was a big win by the Panthers in that game too in front of a sellout crowd. So, yeah, they've got a bit of history in the last couple of years, those two teams. They're probably very evenly matched as well. They've probably got very similar rosters in terms of talent. And, uh, yeah, that will no doubt be another close game and definitely one that will probably get close to a sellout as well. All right. And finally, our fifth game that you just cannot miss at Panther Stadium this year is uh, bah, all the way in round 21, Panthers-Sharks, Friday, August 9. Uh, another Friday night fixture. And this one, this is the new rivalry. I mean, there's lots of rivalries. Penrith-Parramatta, one of the oldest. Uh, Penrith-Roosters, sort of the, the middle one there. But the new rivalry is Penrith-Cronulla, mainly because uh, so many former players seem to end up there. And, of course, with all the salary cap drama and the Asada drama, Cronulla are just the new team we uh, we love to hate. Oh, well, we've hated them for quite a long time now, probably ever since Luke Lewis shifted there <laughs> and Michael Gordon shifted there, you know, a fair few many years ago now. But, yeah, now they've had the Moyla and the Seguiaros and, and a few others, Wade Graham, of course. But, um, look, Penrith have had a bad, bad history against the Sharks for, for many, many years. I mean, I can't even tell you when was the last time they actually beat them last year. Cronulla got the wood on them three times, including mm. that semi-final, which was which was absolutely heartbreaking. Going down, uh, I think it was twenty-one to twenty or something mm. like that. It was it was really close, and it was just awful seeing those Sharks fans and the Sharks players walk out of Allianz Stadium with a smile on their face, beating beating us. You know they enjoyed it because we would have enjoyed it too if it was the other way around. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is our year that we actually knock off the Sharks for once. All right, yes. Yeah, so all right, they're the five games we think you should see. And of course, you can get all your tickets at PenrithPanthers.com. .au or get yourself a membership. Uh, just a reminder too, the Penrith CBD Festival is on this Saturday, the 16th of March, 9am to 3pm in uh, the Penrith CBD. Free entertainment, kids' activities, a street parade, local shops, uh, of course, cafes, food trucks, lots of stuff for the community. Get down there and check out the Penrith CBD Festival this weekend. All right, let's get into um, some predictions as far as the year is concerned. And uh, the main prediction that we want to come up with right now is where will Penrith finish? And um, that is that is the big one. We finished sixth the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. 
where do you see the Panthers finishing in 2019? Look, I'll probably say this every year, but this year, Penrith are definitely going to finish in the top four. Ooh, We're going to finish fourth. fourth. Okay, I got them fourth. Yep. Okay, so they'll be playing... I've got the Roosters as, as minor premiers. They've got the Roosters okay. in, in week one of the finals. And uh, yeah, I think this is the year. But we've got the new coach. I think anything less, as I said earlier, is a, is a, is a failure if we don't finish in the top four. Uh, we need to, to get that extra bite of the cherry. We need to win week one like we always do the last few years, okay. make it to week three. And I'm putting positive thoughts out there. Of course, this is all comes down to how we start the season. And hopefully we can put the off-season dramas behind us and and they can get off to a hot start and, and stay in that top four. Well, I've got Penrith seventh. Whoa, uh, I, I've got them seventh. Um, wow. and, and I've always been a little bit a little bit worried about this season. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I, I just think that I'm, I'm still confident that, um, that the Penrith will have a good year. And, and I think that if we remain injury-free, we can finish a lot higher than seventh. But I've just got a little... Something that's just worrying me a little bit. What is it? Off-field dramas? I just don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but um, I just think that losing, obviously, Tyrone Peachy, who was a really dynamic player and really sparked some of those comebacks, Mm. uh, particularly early in the season... Trent Merrin is probably not the biggest loss in the world, but there's no, you know, the, the depth there that, that he offered and, a, and an experienced first-grade talent. I just think, I don't know, there's something there that says to me that Penrith will go on a run at some point. They'll secure that top eight spot, but I've got them in seventh position. So you're so. just expecting a, a similar year to the last few years. We're going to yeah, battle well. it in. There's going to be a race home to, to try and get into the top <laughs> eight, and we're going to be panicking every week, and results are going to matter every single week. Well, look, I think, um, I don't know, I've, I've predicted them higher up, I think, in recent seasons. But um, I, I look, the top eight's still the top eight's still better than every other, you know, the 50% of, course, of the competition. Of course, but I think so, fans want, yeah, want results so this year. They've got the coach, you know, that, that was meant to be the, the problem last couple of years. He couldn't get them over the line there. That They've got... They've got no excuses, really. Yeah, no, we've no, lost Trent is... Marion. He's playing, he's playing in Leeds, who aren't no, doing so well in the Super League. I certainly you know, don't think was a big loss. But we've got people like Jerome Luai there that, that can come in and offer some sparks. Yeah. So I just think they just need to get off to a good start. They need to put all that behind them. And hopefully they've got the experience now. We always use years to use the excuse that they're too young, they're too young. These players are closing in on 100 games, some of them, in this mm. season. So hopefully that, you know... Hopefully you're wrong. Well, hopefully, well, hopefully I'm uh, I'm right versus uh, finishing twelfth. Uh, but uh, but no, I've got the I've got a seventh, and uh, and I just think that um, you know there's a few reasons for that. But I just think that you know in general, um, if if those players we mentioned earlier, you know uh, the, the Clearies and Edwards mm. and Kickow and Blake, if they have standout breakout seasons. I, I, there is definitely the ability within this squad. I'm not doubting that to finish minor premiers and even premiers. But I just got a feeling that we'll um, we'll have a few little setbacks here and there, and um, you know I, I just see us finishing in uh, in seventh position. But um, let's see what happens. All right, let's go through the top eight uh, then, as far as the uh, season is concerned. Now it was a disaster last year. Uh, you and I predicted the top eight. We uh, we didn't even follow it up <laughs> I because think we, we got any right. We <laughs> it was a disaster. Uh, Penrith being in there was was about it. Um, all right, so let's do the top four first. Uh, let's hear your uh, your top four. Starting from first top, to fourth. Yeah. Okay, well, this might seem a bit a bit predictable, but I've got the Roosters. I think that they'll um, they'll, the Roosters, they'll eh? kick on from from last year. They've still got a very similar squad. Plus, they've added Angus Crichton in there as well, who I think should do very well for them. So I don't see changing much. Trent Robinson is a, is a fantastic coach. He, every time. He gets into a minor premiership a fair lot in his in his career, so I can't see why that can't change this year. So they're my number one team. Mm-hmm. 
And then I've got the Broncos, who I think are going to be a team that's going to definitely make the leap this year into the top four. Um, they had a they had a bit of a bad finals run last year. I think the Dragons smashed them there at Suncorp. Mm. But they've got a new coach. They've got rid of Wayne Bennett, who's gone to South. They've got Anthony Seabold in there, who I think will take this roster to the next level for sure. All right. And who have we got third and fourth? Well, third, I've got the Melbourne Storm. Uh, again, another predictable one, but I always count them out every year. And, and this year, I'm going to say, nah, let's just put them in there. They're always, they've lost Billy Slater, yes, but they've still got some very valuable players there in Munster and Smith. And, and obviously, their edges in uh, Vunavalu and Adokar. So uh, it's hard to put them out of your top four or top eight this year as well. And obviously, the Panthers, as I mentioned earlier, I've got in fourth position. I think that'll round out your top four. All right. So uh, go through your top four again. Roosters, Broncos, Melbourne, and Penrith. All right. Well, this is my top four. I um I had the Roosters as my uh, minor premiers yesterday, but I've I've bumped them, mm-hmm. and I have put the Brisbane Broncos okay. to finish minor premiers. So you had second, but I just think that you know what I think they'll be they'll finish very close to each other. But I I I, I added a little bit to um to the Brisbane and took a little bit off the Roosters because of the fact that the Roosters are kind of the travelling nomads. They'll be at the SCG. I think they're going to Gosford for a game. Mm-hmm. I think they're not at home at Allianz and. I'm not saying Allianz was necessarily this you know, massive fortress for them, but it's, it's just going to disrupt them a little bit, I think. So I put the Broncos there. And, and obviously the, the Premiership hangover, even though they're a very experienced squad, the Roosters, I just think that, that that might hit them a little bit. Brisbane, yep, Anthony Seabold, plenty to prove. And I reckon the Brisbane Broncos fans are getting a little bit antsy about not oh, having yeah, won a comp for a while. A long time. So I reckon that Brisbane will finish first, Roosters second. I've got the Rabbitohs third um, under the okay. old... The old uh, man Wayne Bennett. I think he's the old got, coach. He's got a lot to prove, Wayne Bennett, and I think that um, that there's another good year in South somewhere. And I think that you know this is their big chance to have another big play. And I like their draw. I think the Rabbitohs can um, can do something this year. Okay. And I've got Cronulla fourth. Ooh, um, oh wow! And that's probably a gamble, um, Cronulla. But I just think they're they're a team full of players that if it actually clicks, um, they're going to have a dynamite season. But they are players that can fall over as well, and we're probably mainly talking about both Matt Moylan and Sean Johnson, and, uh, and Sean Johnson there. Yep. But if they have breakout dynamite seasons, what about their new coach? Um, look, that is a big issue. Um, John Morris um, is obviously there instead of Shane Flanagan. But I don't know. I just think Cronulla can do something. I don't know if they can win the comp, but I think that they can finish in uh, in the top four. Even old so Gal, you I've give him another Cronulla. another well, chance. Potentially, to do well. or we do know it's Gal's final season. There'll be some emotion around that as well. Now that always doesn't work. We saw that with Jonathan Thurston last year. Um, the mm. the big farewell tour doesn't always um, they've lost Luke always Lewis, come off. They're, they're, but, um, they're back, they're just they're, they're forwards, they're back row. Yeah, just, look, I just, I just, just, like, this, I just like this Cronulla team. Me. I think that there's there's something there, um, and of course, you know, they've got some good youngsters there as well. The um, the the Braley brothers are both in the serve this weekend. That was a bit of a surprise from. Mm. Um, from John Morris for them both to be there. Wade Graham's there. He had a bit of a, a mixed year last year with injuries. Andrew Fafita said he couldn't yeah, Wade, walk all year last year. Okay, he's, but ready Wade to, he's ready to not fire up. Be fit till what round twelve, round thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that's it's half a big, the it's season a big break for him. Wade Graham. But he's going to come back and have a fit fit back half of the season. It's hard um, to come back from ACLs. It yeah, look, that's very true. I just think that uh, with Josh Dugan, he's well, yeah, always he's always talking, injured. You're talking me out of it now. But, uh, no, I'm going to keep them fourth. I'm going to keep the Sharkies fourth. Okay. And look, it pains me to say it because I don't like Cronulla. All right, let's have a look at fifth through eighth. In fifth, I've got the Rabbitohs. Um, okay. I, I think, like you, they're going to have another good year. I just don't think they're going to be top four material. I think they'll just fall just outside. Wayne Bennett, great coach, but you know, eventually, you know, his magic's not going to work. And and perhaps this is the year that they 
they just have a sort of mediocre year and come in fifth. Um, in sixth, I've got the Cowboys returning to the top eight this year. They had obviously a, an awful year last year, Jonathan Thurston's last year. A lot of bit of a strange season there for them. I think with Michael Morgan controlling the team, they've got Tal Malolo. They've obviously made a few other purchases in Josh Maguire. I think they will, they'll, they'll be back to their, their best this year and will definitely be a top eight team. In seventh, I've got the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Ooh, still got them making it? I still got them making it. I think they've still got a, a very strong team, apart from Jack DeBellin, um, you know, with a question mark around him. They've made some good signings in the offseason. They've obviously got Corey Norman coming in. It's Gareth Widdops last year in the NRL after he decided to, to pull the pin at, uh, at season's end. So I think they'll have a bit of, bit of something to play for as well. And... In eighth, I've actually got two teams. Now, I know, you can't have two well, teams. Well, NRL introduces a wild card thing, you know. No, you've got to pick one. I know, I'm going to pick one. You know what? Yeah, I'll tell you the, the two teams I had. Mm. It was the Titans and Newcastle. I think they're... they're the Titans? Titans, yeah. I'm a very big big believer in the Titans this year. Mm. Um, I think, you know, they've had a few years that they haven't been in the top eight. They've been lean. They've been, they've been struggling for many, many years. But I think this is the year they finally put a really good roster together. They've got some great halves there. They've got um, some good depth. They've also signed Tyrone Peachy, Shannon Boyd. They've made some really good off-season purchases. And I think this is going to be the year that they're going to make the leap and, and make the eight. They're going to scrape in in eighth. But, um, yeah, I think they've got a little bit more a little bit more potential there than perhaps Newcastle, who are also going to have some some uh, interesting um, times there themselves with with Ponga in the halves, and that might be some some um, you know, might go through some pain there themselves. So, all right. Well, I have got the North Queensland Cowboys in fifth. Um, like you, I think they will return to finals football yep. this year. Uh, in sixth place, I've got Melbourne. Uh, so a little bit further down from where you had them. I think that this year is the Oh, we've been saying... Start- we been doing this podcast for five years. This we've is the start of the it. fall. This is the start of the fall oh, for Melbourne. Dear. I think they've got some... Uh, they'll win tonight, you watch. They'll beat your yeah, minor yeah. premiers Brisbane by 30, and yeah. then you'll be you'll be regretting that. Well, no, I've got Melbourne in um, in sixth spot. I, I just think that's where they're going to finish. Uh, Panthers seventh, as you know. Um, it's you know, But I do think... I just want to point out, I do think this will be a very close top eight. So I do think that... As we head towards the back end of the rounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it'll be one of those years where Penrith could finish as high as second, third, or as low as seventh, eighth. I think uh, similar to was it last year that it was it was that close as well. Just I, I just think it'll be very close. Okay. Um, anyway, and I'm um, in eighth spot now. I I thought about this long and hard as oh, well. Oh, you did. <laughs> and I had the Dragons there. And then I had the Warriors. Ooh. Uh, you know, because I thought the Warriors could do something, but they don't really have that origin period anymore. They've sort of fixed that up a bit. The NRL. So I've gone Newcastle. I wow. think that um, okay. the Knights um, can can finish eighth and um, and scrape in, and they desperately need to for that city for for one of the great rugby league cities. Um, Nathan Brown, you know, he, he needs he needs finals footy. Um, there's a lot of good talk coming out of Newcastle at the oh, moment. Yeah. You've, you've been tuning into what <laughs> to Newcastle FM or something. Yeah, uh, no, there's a lot of good talk coming out of Newcastle and a lot of confidence <laughs> up there. So I'm um, well. I, look, I used to spend a lot of time in Newcastle, and um, <laughs> that's right. I did. You used to have a paper up there. We did, and uh, spent a lot of time up there. And I know that they're very parochial, and um, I reckon I'll come eighth. Mighty nice. What about my Titans? Uh, I've got the Titans fifteenth oh, on please. my table. Um, just above the doggies, please. We should make a bet about that. Um, but I'm looking at I'm looking at Manly, <laughs> uh, Manly, the Bulldogs, and the Titans to really have their hands on the wooden spoon right, and uh, okay. trying to battle it out there at the end. I don't I don't think either of those three teams will do anything. I can't believe you think the Titans are are a hope. You'll be surprised. First coach sacked. Let's um, let's think about that. Ooh, okay. uh, a few issues this year, and um, I'm actually going to go with Garth Brennan. 
What? Garth Brennan? He's just signed a new deal. Yeah, well. You think he's gone? You're killing him off. Just signed a new deal. Please. (laughs) Rugby league and contract. (laughs) Uh, I just think that, I think the Titans are going to have a very ordinary year. Um, Why? I know you've got them um, they, high up. They've bought well. Yeah, I just look. I, I just don't think. I just don't think it can. There's something about the Titans. I just can't. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. can't fall in love with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've actually. And on the back of that, because of exactly what you just said, they have bought well. They've got a pretty good squad. If Garth Brennan can't make it tick, I believe he won't be there. Let me just say though, I don't think there'll be an early coach sacking. Um, I think it'll be later in the year. Oh, they'll do a Penrith um, and second coach a month out from the yeah. finals. And I know that there's probably. Well, there is probably another coach, and I'll see if he's your coach, yep. that would probably get sacked before him, but I'm going to stick with Garth Brennan because that's just the name I said first. Okay. Um, well, I'm actually surprised by this question because I wasn't in the rundown, <laughs> so I've had to quickly put something together. I've got I've got three coaches oh, well, that I think could struggle this year. You can't have three. All right. Well, let me just tell you my three, okay. and then I'll pick one. So uh, Brad Arthur, Parramatta. Yes. I mean, well, he, he was who I was going to say because if we've got him both, we've got he's Parramatta been on the out bubble of our, for a while. We've both got Parramatta out of our top eight, and that does to me mean that Brad Arthur doesn't yeah, survive. Somehow but whether he survived they sack him last early, year was a miracle. I don't know if they'd sack him early though. So that's why I'm saying I think Garth Brennan will, will, will go in say around twenty three, twenty four. I think Brad Arthur will see out the season, but go. I think the Canberra Raiders, Ricky Stewart, could be in a bit of danger. Teflon Ricky. Um, Especially if they might not sack him mid-season, but if he doesn't make the the eight or have a a pretty poor season again this year, then I think he he might not be back at Canberra next year. And then I've also got Nathan Brown. He's been surviving for Mm. a while based on, you know, Knights being a rebuilding team. But if they don't get off to a, a good start, as many think they should be in the eight this year, if they're, you know, not in the top eight by, you know, round 12, round 13, they've only got a handful of wins. And I think Nathan Brown might get his marching orders too. But if I, if I was to pick one, and if we think Parramatta are going to go as bad as they did last year, I think it'll be Brad Arthur. Right, okay. Well, I've got Parramatta finishing about 11th on, on my table, so that's not good enough, really, for, for the Eels. But yeah. um, but look, I'm going to go Garth Brennan because I don't think the Titans are going to make it. Uh, all right, now, um, just a few little things to uh, to finish up. Um, of course, we've got um, plenty changing um, in, in the world of rugby league at the moment. Um uh, the NRL has got all sorts of new uh, rules and sorts mm. of situations like that. One of the big things we'll see this year is the post-match press conference will now be coaches only, so there'll be no wow, captain. Wow, okay. Um, what do you think about that, that we'll only have the coach at the post-match press conference? Yeah, look, it, it's probably fair enough. I mean, as a journal, when I'm in there, the, the, the most of the questions we see directed um, is to the coach. The, the captain's usually sitting there, you know, feeling sorry for himself after the game, you know, Journalists might ask a few things to the players during, you know, what happened during the game about some of the calls, but it's most of the coaches that get all the questions. So I can see why that that's happened this year for sure. And apparently, um, they are putting a microphone or something with the journalists. It's always yeah. been an issue. I don't know so. how that's going to work. Are they going to pass around a microphone? Do you have to put your hand up? Are they going to have a big boom mic? Like, <laughs> how is that going to work? It'll be like Q and A, maybe everyone will have a question and they'll wait for the boom mic to come over. Yeah, like it'll be interesting night. to see how that that plays out. But fair enough, yeah, it's probably definitely definitely warranted. All the fans wanted that for a long time. That's one of the changes. Also, another thing you will see this year is uh, Graham Annesley, who's back as the um, I don't know what his official title he's is, like head but of he's, operations or something. Yeah, he's, he's the boss now after Todd, basically Todd's deputy. Yeah, uh, but but he's going to hold a press conference every Monday at two o'clock at Rugby League Central. Now, All if there's right. a if, if nothing happens on the weekend, if it's a normal weekend, he's just going to be there by himself saying, oh, great weekend, boys. But um, but but it, there's so many issues that come out yep. in terms of referees and issues in matches and things like that that the NRL's decided, all right, it's time to, to, to confront this. So they'll have a press conference, 2 o'clock every Monday regardless, so there's no hiding. 
Yeah, I think it sounds like a great idea, Troy. Obviously, you know, people have been wanting to, to find out what controversial calls happen during the game and they, they want to hear a, a response from the NRL um, about you know their team going down on, the, uh, on, a, on a bad call. So Graham will be able to provide that sort of info. Um, whether that does anyone any good is another question. If there's nothing happening during a weekend, what happened? What does Graham do? Just... Just you know, <laughs> interview someone. Does he well, does he do anything? I can reveal that the NRL is putting a feed on during this, so there will be. You're kidding. There will be journos there every Monday, regardless. Regardless, there is an just issue. to get we, their we feed. We know a few journos that don't mind a sausage roll and sauce. I know a few journos so, that have eaten a tire platter of food all to themselves. <laughs> well, don't worry about that. It'll be it'll be. <laughs> all right. Some of the other little changes you might uh, you might see this year. The referees now um, still on the old two referee system. Mac Checkins back as well. Yeah, he was meant to be. Um, you know, he didn't do the farewell lap, like no, no. he didn't so do a farewell he's, lap. He's, he's back, so okay. uh, Matt Checkin will be back. But um, supposedly a lot more free flowing this year. So that whole weird crackdown we saw last year, which kind oh. of divided the game. Apparently, that what about won't the, be about on. the Panther, Panthers trial against the Eels? There was about fifty penalties. Well, uh, is a, that you, know. you really believe that's going to happen? They're going to stop well, blowing we'll the pee we'll out see. of the whistle. We'll see, won't we? But um, look, it'll be interesting to see how um, how that unfolds. Hopefully, we don't have as many penalties this year. I actually think, at least in the first half a dozen rounds, we will see it flow a lot better um, because I think that the NRL wants to prove a point here that they've you know they've sort of fixed that situation up and that they've got some some good football. Uh, all right, let's talk about some of the coverage of rugby league this year. Now we start, of course, with, um, with the number one coverage, and that is the Western Weekender. You thought <laughs> yes. I was going to say something I else? I thought but, you were. Yes, uh, the Western Weekender, of course. That uh, extra time is back. Uh, this year, and uh, we welcome Clinton Maynard from um, Macquarie Sports Radio uh, to the team this year. Now, great cracking first column because he's predicted Penrith's going to win the comp. Oh, he should uh, get a lifetime deal should. for the columnist. But, uh, but Clinton will be uh, covering all sorts of issues, not just the Panthers, so all sorts of issues. And the team from Fox League back as well. Andy Raymond kicks us off this week, but we'll have uh, columns from Vossie through the year and Warren Smith and um, everyone else. Maybe Matt Nabel will write a column. Um, yes. He's part of the Fox League team, of course. Maybe so Yvonne. We'll have, Yvonne might. Yeah, maybe yes. Yvonne. Yvonne O'Keefe. Yes. Samson. Um, so we'll have lots of uh, columnists this year. Uh, we've also got Behind the Panthers this year, of course. Which okay, is what's that about? little behind-the-scenes look at some of the people who work at, um, at Panthers. Right. So we'll see that every week. So and of not course, just Gus. There's some some you know regular no, faces yeah, that do a good job there. Okay. Faces that are that are working behind the scenes to make it happen. Of course, we've got our face in the crowd back, which is good. Perfect. Yeah, you can win uh, different prizes this year. You might win oh. footy tickets. You might win movie tickets. Who knows what you might win? You uh, could win mystery box. Okay. Yeah. So uh, how to buy a house for a dollar book? Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> that's one of our great yeah, prizes yeah, over yeah, the years. You can buy a house for one dollar. You need to know. Just <laughs> after Western Weekender. Uh, so yeah, we've got it all. Sixteen pages every single week um, with of extra time. So that's. Um, you don't want to miss any of that. No, definitely not. We put a lot of work into that, so make sure you read it. All right, and that is, of course, in the Senate spread of the weekend every week. Now, of course, uh, TV this year, the, the battle resumes yes. between uh, Channel 9 and Fox League. Nine and our battle the, resumes, too. Uh, yes, well, I'm a Fox League man. And, and I'm course, a Channel 9 devotee. You love, you love Channel 9. I've got 9. a tattoo, Channel 9 tattoo. Yeah. I've got the nine balls on me. Yeah, big big photo, of course, of <laughs> a fatty hanging up in your bedroom, which is a little bit odd, but anyway... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, it's um. Look, this has become one of the little side battles of rugby league, yeah. now, hasn't it? Because of course, uh, for for three times a week, you've got them, them doing battle with them um, with the same game on and the post match coverage and whatnot. Um, let's have a look at some of the differences, though. Uh, Fox League's pretty much going with the, the same general lineup. Um, every game live, of course. Um, you've got uh, the professor's got a new name, Professor's Late, late hit. hit. Yes. Um, you've got Matty Johns, of course, on um, on Sundays and Thursdays. NRL three hundred and sixty through the week. Uh, League Life, and of course, uh, Queenslanders only, one of your favourite shows. Uh, <laughs> I do on, like some, I do like Hannah Hollis. I think she's a, a good 
talent. Yeah. So yeah, she's, and, she's good. And the fan as well, of course, with uh, with our mate Bossy, uh, one of the great shows. So it is a bit disappointing though that Fox haven't added any new shows well, in the off season. We've know, basically brought the same crew back. Like you don't they got with, a twenty four hour league channel. You don't mess with perfection. I guess is the is yeah, the thing they go look, with. I so. think there was an opportunity there to add a couple more shows in. Well, we'll see what happens throughout the uh, season. But they've got some great new talent on board this year. Cooper Cronk's joined the, uh, the commentary team mm-hmm. um, as an expert there. Does he, Ponga, doesn't he still play, Cooper uh, Yes, he does. And that's great to see the inside of current yeah, players right. and whatnot, okay. not just players who you know, played a you know, few decades ago. Uh, now, over at Channel 9, of course. Yes, um, the my foot, men, the, the, uh, Willoughby. One of the great debacles <laughs> last year was the footy show. Um, <laughs> the, the, I agree, that uh, was which, terrible. Which was axed the previous year and came yep. back with this very bizarre set. Um, yep. You know, and 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 poor Aaron Mullen was basically handed a, a dog's breakfast. Uh, Remember, Bo Ryan didn't uh, have a chair <laughs> in the first episode. He's moved on to bigger and better things. Yes, yes, he's on Sunday Night Takeaway Which now. Get rates he? the same as the footy show did. <laughs> <laughs> but look, they've got a new show on Thursday nights. What's it called? <laughs> you don't know. I think it's called <laughs> Kick Off. <What's> that like? <laughs> Kick Off. It's like late night, Thursday night. Anyway, there's a, there's, a, there's a show on um, on Thursday <laughs> nights and and one on Friday nights as well. Yep. And they're post-game shows. Yes. Um, live from the ground. Live from the ground. Which which Fox don't have. They're in North Ride somewhere, miles away from the stadiums. Yeah, but that's going to be interesting. Because that, like, what are they... They're not going to obviously bring on, say, on the Thursday night show, yep. on the old footy show where you might have had uh, maybe James Maloney come on the show. Well, James Maloney's not going <laughs> to fly to Amy Park to be no, on this no, Thursday no. night show, is he? No, no. And that's it's not the footy show. So they'll have players that actually played in the game that, that you know, sweated, you know, bled in that game mm. live on the set wow. so that they'll have also have coaches you'll get hear coaches reactions from what happened in that game any controversial calls the coach will talk about it also fantastic new lineup online i've got this year yes. they've secured future immortal jonathan thurston yes n- another future immortal billy slater wow. and, and sam thiday billy I mean, slater has a chance of winning the melbourne ingram medal again this he year he probably too. could yeah. and sam thiday great talent as well very funny the mm. queenslanders will love him mm. Um, and, and Paul Gallen, you mentioned that Cooper Cronk still plays. Well, so does Paul Gallen. He'll yes. also be on, on one of the coverages yeah, as well this year. One of my favourite um, rugby league experts, Gal. And of course, um, 100% <laughs> footy's back on Monday nights. Everyone's um, favourite show. With, with 10 Gus. o'clock every Monday night. 10 o'clock after Married with whatever it is. Um, married at First Sight. Yeah, embarrassing and, Bodies. And Bad Mothers. There's usually a few Bad Mothers, things. which I know that this is not a podcast about television, <laughs> but Bad Mothers is, is bad, bad television. <laughs> okay. that, is, that is potentially the worst show of the year. Um, Chatter on the Box, <laughs> which is another column you write in the yes. paper. The awards at the end of the year. That could the worst be, show of the year has been won by that already. <laughs> we're changing rooms. <laughs> changing rooms. Didn't mind well. that. But. Um, but anyway, that's what's happening with the coverage this year. So Channel 9 and Fox League, uh, both covering the footy as always. And of course, we've got the radio as well. There's radio everywhere. Triple Everyone's M covering the football Triple M, these days, 2GB, Macquarie Sports Radio. Uh, everywhere has um, got the... Uh, 1FM. The footy on. So... Um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll be hearing plenty of footy this year as well. Um, so, look, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's our preview of the season. We know that uh, the, the Penrith Panthers have, have had a troublesome last few weeks, but um, it's all going to be forgotten on Sunday, I think. Stand up flags up. Yes, hashtag stand up flags up. If you do the hashtag, yeah. a little panther appears. A little panther appears, on, on yeah. It's a bit unusual. I was speaking to panthers yesterday. I do have two hashtags this year, panther pride and stand-up flags up. So mm. take your pick. Why not? Um, but uh, I think I'll go with uh, stand-up flags up just so I get a cool little emoji. Yeah, look, and uh, of course, panther pride used 
around the world by other teams as well. So maybe yeah. there was a bit of uh, confusion there as well. But um, look, they do a good job at uh, at Panthers. They've uh, they've got it all sorted out for the year, and um, and of course, don't forget, um, we'll see what happens with um, with the season, and we'll do a, a podcast at the end of the year. Uh, where we'll, of course, review everything and... Replay our predictions, perhaps. Replay the top eight predictions, and I'm sure that uh, that mine will be right up there with, um, hopefully, Penrith wrong, Penrith first, Roosters seventh. Hopefully there's a, there's a <laughs> switch there. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Thank you to the team at Vintage FM and, of course, Penrith CBD Festival, which is on this Saturday. Don't forget the Western Weekender print edition is out every Friday. Uh, you can grab the digital edition as well from our website from Thursday mornings, westernweekender.com.au for all the latest local news, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nathan, enjoy the season. You too, Troy. And uh, we hope you enjoy the season too. Thank you for listening to this Western Weekender podcast. 